Welcome back to the Big Tilt, a Roto Underworld player profiler DFS podcast. Happy New Year, everyone. As we usher in 2022, what better way to celebrate than with player profiler and the Big Tilt? I'm your host, Mike Randall. You can follow me on Twitter at Randall Rant. It is fantasy football championship season. It is the time where the money is made, where all the hard work and the months of preparation come to roost. And who better? to guide you here to the winning lineups and to give you some seasonal advice as well than the great Josh Larkey, director of analytics here at Player Profiler Road Underworld. Follow him on Twitter at tweets. Dr. Larkey, it's time. The preparation has reached its pinnacle. How you doing, my friend? Mike, I'm doing well. Happy New Year to you, everyone listening. I'm excited for this podcast. And I have to say the the this Dr. Larky thing has taken off because on Twitter now, a lot of people say, hey, Dr. Larky, I, quick question for you. Start it. And no one else has done that nickname. So it, it has to be, it, I'm isolating who the big tilt listeners are, basically. Anyone, Dr. Larky comes out, I'm like, oh, you, you play some DFS, don't you? Listen, you have made me and everyone else a lot of money here with your insight. And of course, I am getting flooded on social media. I'm sure you are as well here with your DMs. And of course, please follow folks. You must follow us if you want the advice. That's our only rule here. But people want to know a narrative versus metrics versus gut feel. And that's what we have for them today. Folks, don't forget, of course, Underdog Fantasy, our eternal partner. Use the promo code UNDERWORLD to get up to 100% match bonus, up to $100 Use the promo code UNDERWORLD. Underdog Fantasy has been with us every step of the way in the 17 weeks here for DFS. So, Josh, here we are, man. I mean, it's it's the week. It's the time when we have to give the advice that means the most. I'm thrilled to have you aboard. Yeah, I'm excited for this. Before we dive in, quick note about Underdog. They have their NFL playoff best ball tournaments. You can start drafting. It is NFL playoffs. This is not fantasy football. So this will be during the NFL playoffs. If you want to have a little extra fun, especially maybe your team just got knocked out. Maybe you're a Browns fan and you're a little depressed looking at uh, what it's going to take for your team to sneak in. That's fine. NFL playoff best ball. Have some fun. Put a little money down for the NFL playoffs. We've got the gauntlet $25 entry and the big mitten $250 entry, two different price points. And of course, I've got a little underdog fantasy over under of the week for you. And you need to hit this line quickly because it's not going to last. Amari Cooper, under 61 and a half receiving yards. He's been under that number in nine of 13 games. That's right. Only four of his 13 games this year. How many games did he, now I'm just like, wow, I guess he missed three games due to injury or two games due to injury. It is a long season. I didn't even remember that Amari Cooper missed time. So you got to see me in real time realizing that I forgot Amari Cooper missed time. Anyway, he's basically hitting this number in less than a third of his games this year. This is the exact type of blue chip line that we want to hit. Because remember, we're looking for stuff a little better than 50-50. Amari Cooper, as everyone knows, very boom bust receiver. 61 and a half, take that under. And folks, we will head in now to the chalk, and it's imperative that we talk about chalk today more so than ever before, because you want to make sure where should you place your money, where should you place your value. Josh, I will kick us off here with the chalk. Looking on DraftKings and FanDuel, 
Please note it's a 14-game slate, so you may have to eat a little bit more chalk than normal, but that's okay. Quarterback, DraftKings, Trey Lance looked like he's in for San Francisco. A lot of questions on how he's going to perform. Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen on FanDuel. Don't forget about Dak, who's starting to get hot. Jalen Hurts as well, again, on the road against Washington. Remember, folks, he got to basically 280-plus passing yards on just 26 attempts two weeks ago against Washington. So he has a big boom upside. Trey Lance and, of course, Josh Allen. Uh, Where do we go for running back and wide receiver chalk? So on DraftKings, as you might imagine, Ronald Jones versus the Jets. David Montgomery, Fields will not be starting. So Montgomery peppered with targets. We've got Sony Michelle, DeAndre Swift. He's a full practice participant. He'll be back. Jonathan Taylor in a smash spot against the Raiders. Michael Carter, uh, kind of an interesting one. I guess we're, we're all assuming he's going to get a lot of targets facing the, the Buccaneers and their really strong run defense. We've got Rex Burkhead. David Johnson has COVID. Probably not going to play this week. Dario Goomba Wale. Carlos Hyde had been on IR for a couple weeks. James Robinson, torn Achilles just added. There is no one left but a Goomba Wale. Elijah Mitchell is a limited practice participant. Seems like he's trending towards playing. So that's the chalk on DraftKings. FanDuel, basically all the same characters, except also Javante Williams and. Damian Harris and Josh Jacobs. And I have to say, don't quite see it with Damian Harris. I get it. It's the Jaguars. They're going to crush them. But Ramondre Stevenson is back. This is a committee. And with Damian Harris, you really need two touchdowns for him to get there, especially at both his price tag and with how many other good options are on this slate. Receiver, DraftKings, Antonio Brown. I mean, obviously. Has been priced up enough. Christian Kirk, Cooper Cup, Cole Beasley versus the Falcons. A.J. Brown, I mean, we just saw him on primetime last week go nuclear. Brandon Cooks is back from COVID. D.J. Moore getting all the volume, just not the fantasy results. Allen Robinson, apparently people want to play some Allen Robinson. Oh, Yikes. Dear God. <laughs> and then uh, Michael Gallup, who's a, a cheap way to get some exposure to that Dallas Cardinals game. FanDuel. Similar characters as well. Add in T. Higgins, Tyreek Hill against the Bengals. So we got a little maybe Higgins-Tyreek if you want some very chalk correlation. We've got C.D. Lamb. Devonta Smith. Mike just mentioned that Hurts had torched Washington the last time they played. Brashad Perriman's going to play. There's not much else there. Though I will say Mike Evans looks like he might be playing now. So if he does, Perriman takes a big hit. Stephon Diggs versus Atlanta. DK Metcalf, a little surprising, versus Detroit. And then Keenan Allen getting some love in the chalk department against Denver. Mike, I'll pass it back to you. Tight end Cole Komet, one of the few tight ends that's getting consistent targets. May not do much with them, depending, but he's reliable and he's chalk. The Gronk, of course. Dallas Goddard may have gone down a little bit, but he had those big weeks a couple weeks ago. Forrester Moreau, of course, continuing with the Raiders. On FanDuel, Goddard, Kyle Pitts looking to break that record for receiving yards in a season by Mike Dicka, despite only having one touchdown this year. Kyle Pitts, Zach Ertz, and Gronkowski as well. Defenses, the Saints versus Carolina. That's a big one, whether it's Sam Darnold, doesn't matter who it is. The Saints defense looks to score a lot. 
Colts versus Vegas is going to be chalk as well at home. Patriots versus Jacksonville. Good God. On FanDuel, chalk Tampa Bay, the Colts as well, Saints, and the Pats. So there's your chalk across the board. You guys have to decide good or bad chalk. Let's get into the games. We've put them in interest order here for Josh. First one up, Kansas City and Cincinnati. Over-under here is 51 points. It opened at 49.5. It's climbed a little bit. The line, interestingly enough, Josh, open at Kansas City minus 7.5 is now down to 4.5. So the money is rolling in. People like the Bengals at home here. A lot of options, a lot of scoring. Wide receivers, Tyree Kill admitted he was a little bit slow coming off of COVID. We couldn't tell where you're going here for DFS value. So I really like this game because we've got two prolific passing offenses and it's a high game total. So I like this one a lot. There's a lot of playoff implications here. I expect both of these teams to uh, really push the pace in the passing department, especially because there's no Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Joe Mixon, I mean, yeah, he had that great game. However, he wasn't getting it done on the ground. He's had that nagging ankle injury. Really feels like it's shaping up to be uh, kind of just a back-and-forth passing attack, which is exactly what we want in DFS, especially on DraftKings where it's PPR, and we really want high-volume passing. With Mahomes, I like pretty much any type of double stack combination that you can think of. Hill Kelsey, a little tough to get to and a little bit difficult to see how that is totally the, the, the Millie maker winning caliber decision with how much money you're investing. But I think pretty much every other combination is valid. I will say Daryl Williams is a great stacking partner for Mahomes. I think he's a great way to get different as you go Mahomes, Daryl Williams, and then most likely choose Kelsey or Hill. I think Pringle's always interesting, but two touchdowns last week, Pringle. How about that? Yeah, Pringle had himself a game. <laughs> but yeah, I really like Daryl Williams with one of Kelsey or Hill. I think that's a way to get a little bit unique by having the quarterback running back stack in there. And if you want to know more about the validity of quarterback running back stacks, check out my first mover podcast. It's in the same feed as this one. I did an episode Monday Excellent. and discussed the the data behind why. I stack my quarterbacks and my running backs in TFS. Five starts this year for Daryl Williams. When CEH doesn't play, he's averaging 14 carries, five and a half targets, 94 total yards, a little over half a touchdown per game. And you want the fantasy points, 17.8 PPR points per game. Daryl Williams is, I mean, you, you cannot fade this guy. I, I don't know why he's not chalk of the chalk. I'm going to be cramming in 5,800 on DraftKings, 6,200 FanDuel, Daryl Williams everywhere. I mean, the guy's just been flat out better in fantasy than Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Cincinnati side, just pick two with Burrow. You don't even need to overthink it. We've got Mixon, Higgins, Chase. I think that's your main selection point. You can mix in Boyd. You can mix in Uzoma, who's had six or more targets three of the past four games. Good way to save a little money there. But I really like Burrow, Chase, Higgins again. Let's just keep going back to it. For some reason, the public is not pounding this double stack into oblivion, even though it's an incredible offense, which is hyper consolidated. So really like this game. I'm going to play a lot of it. Probably going to be over the field with both these quarterbacks and exclusively double stacking, often even with two runbacks. 
Next one, big offensive performance potential. Arizona at Dallas. Cardinals have not been playing well lately. They're going to Dallas. Dallas opened two and a half point favorites. They are now six point favorites. Over under open at 52. It's pretty much stayed there. You may see a 51 and a half here and there. Kyler Murray is going to have to run to put points up in this game because the Dallas offense has been clicking. We have some questions on James Conner. You know, we love Chase Edmonds here at the podcast. But a lot of questions. Arizona, I know that they don't love to pass as much and they want to keep the ball on the ground. But, Josh, I think they have to score points here. One of the highest over-unders on Week 17. Where are we going here? So not only are they going to have to pass to keep up here, but James Conner, at least as of Thursday, he's still not practicing. We'll see if he ends up playing. I know that he was basically a game-time decision as of several days ago. So they already knew far in advance James Conner, highly questionable. I don't think he plays. It's a guy with a scary injury history. And if he's not practicing all week, even if he plays, how how much of a workload are they going to give him? Feels like another Chase Edmonds week. Last week, Chase Edmonds, total bell cow. 59 snaps, 16 carries, a rushing touchdown, 19 routes run, 9 targets, 8 catches, 71 receiving yards, 26.7 PPR points. Jonathan Ward had 9 snaps to Edmonds 59 with one carry and no targets. Chase Edmonds was a total bell cow. He's 5,700 on DraftKings, 6,500 on FanDuel. I like that price on both platforms, especially if Connor sits. But even if Connor doesn't sit, going to be having some Chase Edmonds exposure. And then Kyler Murray is another guy where people don't want to play him anymore. It doesn't seem like anyone wants to play Kyler Murray. It's kind of crazy. Kyler Murray, I mean, 7,300 on DraftKings. What are we doing here? Kyler Murray had a really bad game last week. He had very few passing yards. He had only one passing touchdown. He had two fumbles. No rushing touchdown. He still got you 22 DraftKings points. Yep. That is the upside with Kyler Murray, that his floor game can look like a 22-pointer. So make sure you're cramming in Kyler Murray. I like him with Edmonds, Kirk, A.J. Green, and Zach Ertz. Those are the main guys that I would target. And then with Dak, I think you just want to be doing some double stacks and kind of pick two out of Cooper, Lamb, Gallup, and Schultz. Those That's kind of my favorite combination. I think you can mix in a little Zeke and Pollard, but a little bit tough to see either getting there at their current price tag. But I really like this game. I think it's going to be pretty back and forth. One note with Zach Ertz, too, that was surprising. He actually ran more routes than any other Cardinal last week. So Zach Ertz looks like a pretty smash play especially on FanDuel where he's only 5,500. I'm getting a lot of DMs and questions about this Tampa Bay at the Jets game. Josh, there seems to be general concern about using players in this game because of blowout potential. That That's something that I hear over and over again. Tampa Bay opens as eight and a half point favorites, now up to 13 at the Jets. 45 and a half point over under has dropped a little bit from the opening of 47. You mentioned already Mike Evans may be back. Ronald Jones, here we go in the backfield. Gronkowski, Antonio Brown, and you've seen on social media, folks, has basically a million-dollar possible game here if he can hit a large amount of receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns due to contract bonuses. And you have the Jets, of course, J-E-T-S, just end the season. What do you think here with the blowout, Josh? Should people be concerned or should they attack this game? So I agree. I think it's going to be a blowout. But uh, am I concerned? No, not really. Yes, it's nice to have shootouts. However, there's certain teams we can be supremely confident are going to make sure that they run the score up and they're passing a lot. 
And I want to see, was it the Lions last year where Brady didn't play the fourth quarter because they blew them out so badly, but he finished with yes. like 400 passing yards and four yep. touchdowns or something? Yep. Yep. That's the kind of performance that I'm really expecting. So that's why I'm not concerned about Tom Brady in a blowout. He's going to be just fine. I actually prefer if Mike Evans doesn't play for BFS because then it's just a little bit easier to know Ronald Jones, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski. So selfishly for DFS, it would be a little better if Evans doesn't play, does look like he will be active. Antonio Brown, what's crazy is he hadn't played since week six. He comes back, injury, fake vaccination status, it's all swirling around him. All he does is put up a 52% target share, 15 targets, 10 catches, 101 receiving yards. Now he gets the Jets. And Antonio Brown looks like a smash play. Ronald Jones looks like a total smash. I love that some people are nervous to play Ronald Jones and that he's not chalkier than he currently is because they're like, oh, he's one fumble away from being benched. That's fine. If, if he fumbles and gets benched, okay. But if he plays the whole game, really hard to not see Ronald Jones putting up 20 to 25 fantasy points at a yep. reasonable price tag. And then one note with Carter, Tevin Coleman's not going to play. Michael Carter was a total bell cow. The guy had 43 snaps, 16 carries over hundred rushing yards this past week, ran 10 routes, had three targets. He had five red zone opportunities himself. And the best part is Tevin Coleman had six red zone opportunities in that game. Ty Johnson got to love him, but man, do not expect him to be getting the red zone work in this one. So if Zach Wilson can sustain drives, Michael Carter's likely going to have a monopoly on those red zone carries and those red zone targets. I'm expecting five to seven targets out of him because of how incredible the Buccaneers run defense is, yet how bad their pass defense is. Remember, this is a team that is legitimately playing Richard Sherman as their best cornerback option many of these weeks. Rams going to Baltimore. A lot of questions at the signal caller position. Lamar Jackson, they're talking about him starting, but he certainly looked limping when he saw him in practice. Tyler Huntley should be back, I think, if he's clearing. Josh Josh, and Josh Johnson is still lingering. Rams at Ravens. This game opened with the Rams getting three points. It is now flipped completely to the Rams favored by five and a half points over under one from 42 and a half to 46 Cooper cup, of course, trying to chase Calvin Johnson. That's a little bit of a narrative storyline. Sony Michelle against a good run defense, but he looks like he's going to get volume Rams and Ravens. Josh go. Well, I don't think we need to overthink this. I saw Joe Burrow throw for 525 passing yards this past week. I saw the run heavy Bengals throw, I think it was 15 straight passes while up by three touchdowns. And I kind of expect the Rams to do the same. Matthew Stafford, he's taken some flack. He has not played very well recently. If you want a get right game for Matthew Stafford, this is it. I I don't even know the names of a single person in the Baltimore secondary right now. All I do know though, is that we were already on like those third and fourth string players. And last or two weeks ago and last week, each week they lost another guy. I, I, like the, the, we're, we're talking about Matthew Stafford with Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham, and Van Jefferson against l- literal accountants. These guys, were, these guys were not on NFL rosters at the start of this year. It's going to be a shred fest. My, my hot take, which I don't even think is that hot of a take, is that Matthew Stafford, 400 passing yards in this game. That's what I said on First Mover on Monday. I wow. stand by that. If there is a quarterback throwing for 400 passing yards this weekend, 
I think it's Matthew Stafford. Sony Michelle is in a tough spot. Baltimore, very strong run defense. However, Sony Michelle, especially on DraftKings, is so inexpensive. 5,800 there. Even at 7,100 on FanDuel, I think he's playable, though you're definitely going to need the touchdown. Unfortunately, Cam Akers not likely to play in this one. Sean McVay came out today, so looks like Jake Funk will be the backup. Was very excited to see a little uh, Akers return. We're going to have to wait a week. On the Rams side, I think when you're running it back, you don't have to get cute. Make sure you're playing Mark Andrews, who has at least eight catches, 115 receiving yards, and a touchdown in each of the last three games with three different quarterbacks. I think that's my favorite stat of the year at this point. I can't get over how good Mark Andrews has been. Also, Marquise Brown, very strong play. No receiver other than Cooper Cup has more targets than Hollywood Brown the past two weeks. So I expect the fantasy points to happen at some point. Marquise Brown is around the 6K range on both platforms. Very good price. I think Tyler Huntley's playable, probably single stacking him with Marquise Brown or Andrews could mix in Bateman, but I think the best way to play this game is Matthew Stafford with maybe Michelle, but probably picking Cooper Cup and then one of OBJ or Van Jefferson. Run it back with Mark Andrews. Four of your lineup slots are already taken with a highly correlated, high upside lineup. Let's print some money this week. Yeah, uh, player profiler folks, just to reiterate, Mark Andrews has pretty much vaulted himself to the top of the tight end world. Currently first in tight end targets, 132. First in air yards, 1238. First in receptions, 93. First in receiving yards, 1187. First in total touchdowns, 9. And shockingly, first in fantasy points per game, 18. He has been a league winner. Next game, Miami at Tennessee. This game has stayed pretty consistent in terms of the spread. Open to Tennessee, minus 3. It's now at Tennessee, minus 3.5. The big change has been the over-under which dropped from 47 to 39 and a half. So here comes two in the Dolphins trying to continue their streak. Very polarizing. The Dolphins have won seven in a row, but you look at the quarterbacks they beat and hasn't been great, but their defense has been lights out with 5.7 sacks over the last three games, Titans and Dolphins. Josh, go ahead. So I think it's crazy that the game totals dropped to sub 40. This is my, if I'm going to take an over of the week, it's this game because The Miami Dolphins pass defense is not great. Like you said, they haven't really been tested that much. Doesn't seem like like a, a super elite unit. We know that AJ Brown is back. And then on the other end, we know that the Titans run defense is very, very strong and their pass defense is very, very weak. This is the, the type of defensive alignment that I like. And I think that Tua, if you're going to play a quarterback from one of these low game total games, I think he is the guy that you should play. Because you're playing him with Waddle, and then you could basically just pick one of Parker or, or Gasecki, and you know that if two is getting there, Waddle's most likely getting there, and then probably Parker or Gasecki as well. So it just seems like the, the double stack falls into your lap. You run it back with A.J. Brown. People don't like this game. It's a low game total, and there you go. Four highly correlated players. That's my favorite way to play this game. And talk about A.J. Brown, just total domination. The guy had a 53% target share last week and 80% of Ryan Tannehill's air yards. That is just unbelievable. Career high 16 targets, 11 for 145 and a touchdown, 202 air yards. 
That was 80% of Tannehill's total. I, it's just so consolidated there. You have to run it back with AJ Brown. So I think this is a fun game to mix in if I'm dabbling in one of these, at first glance, grosser games. Next up, a lot of questions coming here, and there's some weather concerns with this one, Josh. Atlanta at Buffalo. The Falcons still somehow clinging to this slight possibility of making the playoffs, but they have to go... <laughs> They have to go up here to Buffalo. It's like one percent. They have to go up here to Buffalo. Opened at Bills minus eight and a half. Has climbed to Buffalo minus fourteen and a half. Over under dropping. Maybe weather concerns. Forty nine down to currently at forty four on DraftKings. Kyle Pitts chasing history, of course, at the tight end position. A lot of Bills have cleared protocols. Cole Beasley back. Gabe Davis back. I think Emmanuel Sanders may be out. Uh, where do you go here with Bills and Falcons? Falcons outdoors, not usually great. Bills looking to finally, after getting that Patriot, you, could, you know, that Patriot monkey off their back, looking to lock up their second consecutive AFC East title. So with this game, I understand there's some weather. I'm not a meteorologist, but some people that are have said this is a playable game. It's it might not be pretty. However, if you're giving me Josh Allen against the Falcons secondary. Well, I think we talked a couple weeks ago that they have, the Falcons are the, they're basically the absolute worst team in the NFL when it comes to sacking the quarterback, pressuring the quarterback. Josh Allen's going to have all the time in the world. It does look like Sanders won't play. He was limited Wednesday, and then he was do not practice entirely on Thursday and Friday. So looks like Gabe Davis is playable once again, which is fun. Cole Beasley actually less expensive than Gabe Davis on DraftKings. I mean, wow, there's a lot of touchdown bias or something going on there because uh, I think I think I'd rather play some Cole Beasley at least on DraftKings. So kind of interesting there that Gabe Davis is cheaper on FanDuel where I'm more likely to play him. And then Beasley's cheaper on DraftKings where I'm more likely to play him. So I think with Allen, if he's getting there, very good chance Stephon Diggs gets there as well. And then for the run back options, I like Kyle Pitts and Russell Gage are my favorites. So I think you just pick two out of Diggs, Beasley, Gabe Davis, and Dawson Knox. Run it back with Pitts or Gage. Cordero Patterson. He, I've, I've mentioned for a few weeks that his, his role worries me more and more. He's not getting the catches. The floor is low. Last week, he had 8.3 PPR points with a touchdown. So you can only imagine that he would have had two PPR points if he didn't yep. get the touchdown. Yep. Weeks two through nine. He was getting nine carries a game, six and a half targets, five catches a game, 64 receiving yards a game, almost a receiving touchdown a game. Put it together. He was averaging over 20 fantasy points a game weeks two through nine. Weeks 10 until now, he suddenly becomes a running back. He's getting over 11 carries a game. And now he's getting under two catches a game and went from 64 to 11 receiving yards per game. That's going to hurt. He's averaging not 20 and a half but 12 PPR points a game the last seven weeks. This is not good. I will probably be avoiding him for the most part for runbacks. Kind of a good potential game script for them to get him more involved in the passing game, but Mike Davis still running a lot of those routes. So not entirely interested in Patterson. I will note, once again, not the bell cow that we wanted necessarily, but the bell cow that maybe we needed. Devin Singletary, (laughs) 5,400 on DraftKings. That's where he's really shining at that price point. I mentioned last week, so here's week 15 one more time. 
Singletary had 22 carries, 34 routes run. Zach Moss, healthy scratch. Brita played one snap. Week 16, Singletary, 55 snaps. Moss, only 22. Singletary had 12 carries to Moss's three. Singletary ran almost five times as many routes. He had six times as many targets. And I know Moss, the big back. Devin Singletary, six red zone opportunities. Zach Moss, only one. Devin Singletary is your undersized, slow, but on a prolific offense bell cow that you should be playing, especially on DraftKings. Next game, Philadelphia, Washington. Washington, these two teams played two weeks ago. Eagles beat them on the road. Eagles beat them at home 27-17. Washington just banged up trying to muster some offense behind the great Garrett Gilbert. They do have Taylor Heineke <laughs> they do have Taylor Heineke back in this game, but it looks like the Eagles, of course, favored to roll. This game opened up actually with Washington favored by three and a half, has completely flipped as well. Now the Eagles favored by four and a half. Over under has held pretty steady here, 44 and a half, 45, depending on where you look. But Jalen Hurts, super high passing yardage on low attempts last time. And, of course, the rushing, Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders combined for 200. Two bills of rushing yards. Now, Miles Sanders out with a broken hand this week. Jordan Howard is efforting to play, but they still have Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell. Eagles, Washington. Washington, any last chance here for them to get rolling, or you're going to see the Eagles here coming in and scoring points at will? I think there's going to be points at will. I think with this one, I'm going to play Hurts with either Goddard or Smith. Keep it simple. We don't need to mix in anybody else. Probably avoiding the running back situation here. We just have so many other good running backs. And then to run it back. I know McLaurin has not been playing very well. Probably not going to play him too much, but it's okay. We have the free square run back. Antonio Gibson has been ruled out. It's been confirmed. Jarrett Patterson. He's undersized. He didn't test well. He didn't catch the ball in college, but... The preseason came along and let me tell you, I couldn't have been more out on Jarrett Patterson when I saw that he was a 4'6 guy at 200 pounds with no catches in college. The preseason, the guy was a total bell cow. He's getting peppered with targets. He's making guys miss. He looks explosive. And you can get Jarrett Patterson against a suspect Eagles run defense at 4,800 on DraftKings and 5,400 on FanDuel. So I'm going to play a little Jarrett Patterson. I just don't know what they have else in Washington. So I think you go Hurts, Skinny Stack, run it back with Jarrett Patterson. Yes, you can mix in a little McLaurin if you want, but I think we're just going to keep it simple, keep it cheap if we're playing this game and then spend up elsewhere on the earlier games that we mentioned. Denver and the Chargers, Vic Fangio, a lot of questions whether he's going to return. Now going on the road against the Chargers. Denver coming in with the Chargers favored in a game they really have to have. It's amazing how the Chargers season, Josh, has changed after beating the Chiefs. Their defense has really been very up and down. They are now favored. It's up to seven and a half. They open as three-point favorites. Over-under is held steady at 45 and a half. Hopefully they're getting some players back from COVID, and that should be able to handle the, the Broncos, who are going to be slinging it with Drew Locke, feast or famine. A lot of variation here in the Broncos offense. So where are we going, Chargers and Broncos? So one note, uh, Jerry Judy, I believe he was put on COVID protocols today. Yes. He's not going to play. So I, I guess an offense that I already wasn't looking at. Technically, I will mention it got more consolidated. It's basically just Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick and Noah Fan and Alberto and Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. It's not consolidated. What are we talking about? I just 
I feel like every single week I talk about it. I do not like this Broncos offense. There are so many players out there with these very specific roles. No one's getting the carries. No one's getting the high targets. It's all just a total uh, kind of mix. It's like this, there's a, it's like Mulligatani soup. And uh, nice. I, don't, I don't really want any of any part of that. I'm, I'm looking at my, I'm looking at the, the chili and I say, I want that instead. On the Chargers end every week, Justin Herbert week, Mike Williams back, Austin Eckler back. That is huge for Herbert. So I really like the double stacks where you do Herbert with some combination. I know there's a lot of them. I don't have I don't have any insight where I'm like, I I'm I'm sure this is who's gonna have the big game, but it's probably gonna be two of Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Jared Cook who get there. I think Guyton and Palmer are pretty thin plays with Mike Williams and Eckler back this week. So I'm I'm mostly doing Allen Cook, Williams Cook, Eckler Cook, and then you can mix in a little bit of I think Eckler Mike Williams is probably where I'd go. Eckler Keenan Allen, you're spending a lot of money on a lower game total. So that that's kind of my pulse on this. And if I'm running it back, uh probably Javante Williams. I think the other guy that I would consider would be maybe Tim Patrick. He's just so cheap on both platforms. Same with Cortland Sutton. He's really cheap. I guess you can go there. But I think I'm more inclined not to run it back. Don't want too too much exposure to this kind of mediocre game total, especially with Drew Locke, who's just been abysmal as expected. Josh, let's go off the show sheet. Most interesting question I got on Twitter this week was, would you play in seasonal? And I think it's relevant here. Mike Williams or Amara St. Brown. And we haven't gotten to Seattle yet. I understand that, but he seems to be the only wide receiver still left standing in Detroit. Just curious here, Mike Williams or Amara St. Brown in a PPR format. So I, I think I'd lean Amon Ra for, yep. for the no, floor. Yeah. One note with Amon Ra. So I, I do think he's probably still, it's probably a better play than Mike Williams. However, I do believe that part of his uptick in usage. Yes. I think he's actually decent at football, but, DeAndre Swift has been out for this entire time that Amon Ra has taken off. And I don't think that we can uh, overstate that enough, that DeAndre Swift is the security blanket in this offense. I expect him to return to that. Yes, Amon Ra looks like the clear alpha when you look at target share in this offense, receiver-wise, but it's Tim Boyle. It's not exciting. So I think Amon Ra, yeah, you're probably going to be getting five to seven catches for not a lot of yards. Mike Williams, very boom-bust. If you're projected to lose your matchup, go Mike Williams, who I think has a much better chance at 20 fantasy points. But generally in redraft, we just kind of want some type of floor with a moderate ceiling. And I'd lean Amon Ra there. Patriots at home hosting the Jags in a game the Pats really need here after struggling. Opened with the Patriots only favored by five and a half. I don't even know what that means. That's now up to 16 and a half. The over-under 43 and a half down a little bit to 41 and a half. You've teased it already in the opening Damian Harris with now Ramondre Stevenson back Jacoby Myers. What do we do there? Will he get another touchdown Jags value? James Robinson's out. Just go Patriots Jags. So I don't really want too much exposure to this passing attack. There's just so many good games out there to stack. I don't know where Mac Jones is going with it. It's a pretty spread out offense. They run the ball pretty heavily at the goal line. So I will say the good pivot off Damian Harris, if you do want some two touchdown upside potential at a cheaper price point in this run game, 
Ramondre Stevenson, who's been splitting the work pretty 50-50 with Harris. Damian Harris, 6,600 DraftKings. Ramondre's only 5,300. Harris, 7,400 FanDuel. Ramondre, 5,700. Big gaps, even though this is basically a Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams type timeshare. Give me Ramondre. But I think the best player in this game to play has to be Dare Ogumbawale. We are getting thin at the running back position in Jacksonville. No ETN, no James Robinson, no Carlos Hyde. It is Dario Gumbawale. I know he he has a very little football background, kind of a, a late convert to the sport. It doesn't matter. They force-fed this guy 17 carries. He ran 29 routes. He got four targets. He had 15 PPR points last week in relief of Robinson after he tore his Achilles early. Ogumbawale is 5,100 DraftKings, 5,500 FanDuel. I prefer him on DraftKings because very hard to see the Jaguars scoring much in this game. It's going to just, oh, I am I'm definitely paying up for some Patriots defense in DFS. I talked about it a little bit on First Mover on Monday. I think it's just, if there was ever a time to pay up for defense in DFS, I agree. It's right now there's so many injuries, there's COVID, that we know how the Patriots just absolutely destroy these rookie quarterbacks and they have no run game it's a goomba wale we're getting chanel back from covid it's it's really difficult to see trevor lawrence doing much he has one passing touchdown in his past eight games let that sink in another way to put this 33 percent of trevor lawrence's career touchdown passes came in week one the guy has done nothing since that initial outburst so i think a goomba wale is really the only play here and Ramondre Stevenson. And keep in mind, Patriots have lost two games in a row at the Colts and the Bills. They need this game badly. And I understand that most of you, when you make your DFS lineups, what you probably do is like Pavlov's dogs. You start a quarterback, go to running back, go wide receiver, and you see what you have left over for defense, and you pick one of the cheapest defenses. I agree with Josh. I think this is a week to not do that. I would prioritize the Patriots because you could get a couple touchdowns, fumbles, interceptions, and have huge leverage over people who just pick their DFS lineups by following the same order over and over again. Giants and Bears, dear Lord. Uh, Bears favored by five and a half, 37 point over under. Dalton, I don't know what to do. Josh, what are we doing here? So I am going to play no Giants. <laughs> Tony out, Shepard, Achilles. Nope, don't want Galladay. I don't want... Uh, Slayton, don't want anybody else. On the Bears' end, Komet is playable. He's inexpensive, especially on DraftKings, 3,400. You could mix him in. Montgomery, I think is I think he's pretty good chalk. They're going to run all over the Giants. And Montgomery has two games and nine targets this year, week 13 and week 16. Those are the only two recent games Fields did not play. One of them was Dalton, one was Foles. We get Dalton for this one. And... Montgomery's probably just going to be a total animal. He's basically going to be like CMC. The guy's going to get all the carries. He's going to get all the targets. He had 23 fantasy points last week, despite averaging two yards a carry. It's because when you're getting peppered with nine targets, it is really hard for these running backs to fail. And then Mooney, I will note, gross game environment, but his big games this year came with Dalton at the helm. So if you remember those 20-plus fantasy point weeks from Mooney, they were with Dalton. I think he is an okay one-off play, particularly on DraftKings at 5,500. Vegas at the Colts. The question is, 
who is the quarterback? I'm hearing rumors now that Carson Wentz could be back. Colts favored by a touchdown, 44 and a half point over under. Colts have just been playing fantastic on both sides of the ball. I don't know where you stand, Josh. I don't know if even Carson Wentz is out, if that's a huge downgrade. It's not like he's been playing that great. If he didn't have a disaster against Tennessee, they could still be in the race here for the title. They still are if, if they win out and Tennessee loses out. But I think Wentz has been marginal at best. So whether he plays or not, I still think the Colts are going to be ready to go here. What say you? So I actually think Ellinger is a pretty steep downgrade from Wentz just because he has actually no experience. Yeah, true. So I, I think yeah. in that sense, I'd be inclined to play some Raiders defense if Wentz sits. But I think, yeah, Wentz has not been phenomenal this year and he's coming off COVID. So if he does play, there could be the COVID fog. I think I'm going to fire up some Raiders defense either way, just kind of knowing that the, the Colts offense probably won't be at their full potential for this one, at least passing. It looks like a Jonathan Taylor smash spot. I'm going to be paying up for some Taylor at 9,000 on DraftKings, 10,000 on FanDuel because the starting offensive linemen are all coming back for the Colts and the Raiders are just a really bad run defense to begin with. I, I'm not going to overthink this too much. I'm going to play a lot of Taylor. And on the, the Colts side, I'll play a little Renfro. He could do well against zone defense that the Colts play. A little Moreau, maybe a little Jacobs but mostly just Taylor and one-off plays. Not very interested in either quarterback. There's just, there's 14 games on the slate. There's better options. If you want a cheap tight end, Jack Doyle, not going to play. It doesn't seem like. And Mo Ali Cox was a full-time player last week when Doyle went down. Mo Ali Cox, he was a college basketball player. He's got touchdown upside. 2,800 on DraftKings, 4,600 on FanDuel. If you need a safe salary, throw in Mo Ali Cox at tight end. Houston at San Francisco. You've talked about this game with a fantastic TikTok, sir. Trey Lance getting the start. San Francisco at home, a big favorite, which has not paid off under Kyle Shanahan at San Francisco when they are favorites, especially favorites at home. Over-under is 44. Houston gets Cooks back. I think that's huge. Last week's DFS champion Rex Burkhead is still alive. Where do you go, <laughs> Texans at 49ers? So the TikTok I did was basically just laying out why it is totally ludicrous that the Niners are favored by 12 when Trey Lance has been raw. He's getting a second NFL start ever. The Texans have actually been playing just fine. They, I mean, they we all saw them take out uh, my my LA Chargers. That was tough to watch. I actually turned that game off in favor of Burrow, chasing 500 passing yards last week. <laughs> anyway, I yes, I think the Niners are going to beat them pretty handily, but tw- it's just tough to, to see a, a guy getting a second NFL start favored by 12 points when... Davis Mills has actually been playing just fine in his own right. I will be playing some Trey Lance. He is your cash game quarterback of the century. He's 4,800 on DraftKings. You, you got to play Trey Lance. He's 6,400 on FanDuel. You got to play Trey Lance. He projects really well. But for DFS, I think I'm going to be below the field in tournaments. And it's because he's super mobile. There's not going to be a lot of pass attempts. He's hard to stack. There's a decent chance that if he gets there, Debo, Kittle, or Ayuk gets there. I don't know which one it's going to be. I will note that when they played the Cardinals in his first ever start, he had more carries, 16, than completed passes, 15. That is not what you want when stacking your quarterback. So with Lance, yeah, what what do you do? You go Lance skinny stack? Maybe, do you run it back with Cooks? Do you just say, I don't want a Texans player? 
Next thing you know, maybe you've only filled two lineup slots, Lance and maybe you go Lance Debo. You still have seven roster decisions to make, a lot of places to go wrong. And with 14 games on the slate and some very high game totals elsewhere, I think that Lance is a good guy to be below the field on because of how difficult it is to get that lineup right in tournaments. If Elijah Mitchell plays, he is mispriced on DraftKings at only 6K, priced up at 7,800 on FanDuel. Burkhead, yeah, I think he, I guess he, he's okay. That's chalk. Probably not someone that I'm heavily dabbling in just because the Niners run defense has been very, very strong this year. Pass defense, not so much. But overall, if I have to, if I have to fade a game that's looking popular, it is going to be this one because of the, the reasons I mentioned with Trey Lance. Two games left. Carolina, New Orleans, probably the biggest question here, which I think you're going to talk about, DJ Moore. Uh, just when is he going to get in the end zone here? But Carolina, I think Sam Darnold under center. The Saints at home, favored by six and a half, over under very low. Lowest that we have here, 38 points. Yeah, this is a pretty bad game. <laughs> <laughs> I, might, I might dabble with a little Camara. Looks like Taysom Hill's back. Not really going to play any Taysom Hill because, yes, the price is right. But just like Trey Lance, so hard to stack these non-mobile quarterbacks and you have to make more roster decisions. I will play a little bit of DJ Moore, particularly on FanDuel, when it's only 5,600. The past four weeks, he's had 10.5 targets a game over five catches, 72.5 yards. That's 13 PPR points a game without a touchdown on average. So yes, if he gets a touchdown, then he gets there for DFS. But just it's it's a bad game environment. Not very interested in much. I guess if you want the skinny correlation, you can go Kamara, DJ Moore. But overall, feels like a pretty good game to fade. And I think both defenses are playable on uh, on DraftKings and FanDuel for DFS. And last one, Detroit, Seattle. DK Metcalf finally found the end zone again in the snow. Seattle favored by seven and a half over the Lions. We already mentioned Amara St. Brown, that receiving core is hitting COVID pretty hard. He's the last real uh, serious guy standing, unless you're a Tom Kennedy fan. Seattle, Detroit, 41 and a half points here. Russ, who knows where he's going to be next year, but certainly has a favorable matchup this week. So we get DeAndre Swift back. I'm excited. DeAndre Swift is, he's really poorly priced on FanDuel. He's 7,700. That's a lot of money to spend when it's half PPR and it's a bad offense. Oh, I don't even know why I said bad off. I, apparently some East Coast accent that I didn't know I had just came out. That is, <laughs> we are spitballing here. <laughs> DraftKings though, love DeAndre Swift. He's only 6,000. I do believe he's going to retake that security blanket role mostly away from Amon Ross St. Brown. So on DraftKings, when you see Amon Ross St. Brown and DeAndre Swift both at 6,000, I'm going to play the, the guy that's way better. And that's DeAndre Swift. He's the guy that has the draft capital. He was the focal point of their offense throughout the early part of the year prior to his injury. And there's no Hawkinson. So Swift could, we could see 10 targets for DeAndre Swift. Uh, you can play a little Amon Ra, but overall, I think Swift is pretty much the only real DFS viable player based on price tag on this team, especially on DraftKings. Seattle end, mm, I mean, you could, you could play a little Russ. I might play a little Russ, but it's just, it's tough to justify when there's faster paced offenses, there's higher game totals. And I think, yes, you can play a little Russ Lockett or Russ Metcalf, but I think the real play here is... You go two running backs because Swift, very 
cheap, only 6K on DraftKings. And then Rashad Penny, 6,100 on DraftKings. Rashad Penny, in his two healthy starts this year, 135 or more rush yards in both of them. Detroit, terrible against the run. Seems like a really good way to get the 100 rush yards bonus on DraftKings with Penny and get the targets from Swift. That is the correlation that I would search. Otherwise, you can just kiss this game goodbye. There's a reason I put this one number 14. I don't like it. There is perfect symmetry in the big tilt for the 2021 season. We start and end with all roads leading to DeAndre Swift. There is perfect symmetry in the big tilt for the 2021 season. We start and end with all roads leading to DeAndre Swift. We can mention uh, to monitor the, the I'll mention monitor the weather for that Atlanta Buffalo game, but I'm, I'm going to play a lot of it. A lot of it. Me too. All over it. I, I don't. See, I try to find a stab on Matt Ryan in the outdoors. I know he's not great. How about just Atlanta sucks? How about that stat? I feel like the Niners have just been like underperforming consistently this year. Is it going to be Mitchell or Jeff Wilson? I think it's going to be Mitchell. Okay. He was limited yesterday. Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick and Noah Fan and Alberto and Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. It's not consolidated. What are we talking about?